Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander and as always I'm joined by my two handsome debonair co-hosts Dave Lenz and Mike Morandi. Say hello gentlemen. Hello gentlemen. gentlemen. We have a very special guest in studio. First time we've had a guest in studio. One Miss Sharon Mayo is joining us again this time live and in person. Say hello Sharon. Hello, Sharon. Hello, there. gentlelwoman. <laughs> gentlewoman. And this is the podcast where we talk about classic movies in a modern cinematic context. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about Spike Lee's 1989 film. Do- uh, sorry, his, his 1989 joint, I believe. His 1989 <laughs> joint, Do the Right Thing. Um, but before we get into that discussion, I want to say, if this is your first time listening to this episode, you can find us at... Excuse me, you can find us at reviewedpodcast.com, at facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, and you can email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. So yes, let's talk about Do the Right Thing. Ooh-wee. It's going to be a scorcher today. Universal Pictures presents a new film from Spike Lee. Good morning, Miss Mother Sister. Now, Mookie, don't work too hard today. The man says it's going to be a hot as the devil. I've been here 25 years. LaSalle's famous pizzeria is here to stay. Trust me. Mookie, the last time I trusted you, we ended up with a son. I know you can't stand it. You can't stand it. Hey, Sal, I'm going to burst on the wall here. You want brothers on the wall? Love. Get your own place. You can do what you want to do. What I tell you about that noise? What I tell you about that picture? You called some brother talk to him. You the man. No, you the man. No, you the man. No, you the man. The first time you turn your back, boom. Right here, man, in the back. Y'all take a chill. You'd like to sign a petition to boycott South's famous pizzeria? Hear me what you ought to do is boycott that no good barber that messed up your head. And that's the double truth. So, uh, Do the Right Thing is um, a film that takes place over a the joint. course. Joint. It's a joint. Are you gonna correct me every time? If yeah, if you don't, if you don't wise up, yeah. Spike Lee joint. <laughs> I'm just so pissed right now. It's gonna kill me. It's gonna kill me. Um, it is a film that takes place uh, over the hottest summer day in uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, over the court in this neighborhood in Brooklyn. It's die. It's die. Do or die. <laughs> My dad was born there, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. And um, it's, wow. a, it's a difficult movie to describe from a plot perspective. It basically covers a bunch of varied characters and how they all interconnect and how everything kind of comes to a head in terms of hate and bigotry uh, towards the end of the film. And just general assholery, too. Well, kind of. But, but uh, no, no, it's the temp- the hu- as the temperature rises, the racial tensions rise. So do racism. Yes. So does racism. Mm-hmm. So does racism. Um, so <laughs> so this- do grammar. <laughs> <laughs> So this is a, a a film that I'm scared as hell to talk about uh, for a variety of reasons because I'm white. But um, in fact, all of us are white, which is why I suggest we bring it Sharon to the podcast. <laughs> At least get I'm, a little diversity. I'm not here. black. <laughs> not black. Well, You're actually, less white you know than what? Us. Even before I gotta ask. So. You're Italian. Italian. Right? So technically, I'm not white either. I'm also a minority. See, that, that's that's a question. People, I, Italians say they're not white. I don't understand yeah. that. Well, because Spanish is white. white. In fact, when Spanish I Spanish is kind of brown. Yeah, I'm kind of brown too. What? No. 
Well, if you can't see it, you're also racist. So, so and you're Jewish, right? I both think. of these yeah. guys Jewish are. Is not you a guys race. are both. We're both Jewish, Jewish but okay. I, I don't know what your heritage is. But I'm Polish. Well, Russian. no, because they're like you know German. I some people German. are like I, you know, I hate white people, but I really hate Jewish people. I'm like, what? That's a different the thing. Difference? It's totally a different. Thing. Well, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Mike could pass for a variety of races. Yeah, I actually I've gotten <laughs> Jewish before a lot. Yeah. I mean, Iranian, I've gotten Persian. Persian, yeah. I could go Middle Persian. Eastern. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. I've gotten Hawaiian, Guamanian, Thai. I could see Filipino. that. Chinese, Filipino. Span- uh, I know you are Filipino. It depends, yeah. It depends what country <laughs> I am, I'm in. I'm confused for that So race. what is your heritage? Huh? I am Filipino. Filipino. I'm Filipino, yeah. Okay. yeah. okay, so, um, yeah, this is a movie that's going to be complex to talk about for a variety of reasons. One, I want to talk about Spike Lee a little bit as a filmmaker. So Spike Lee is... We're going to have to talk about him as an actor, too. We will. Um, Spike Lee is very interesting because I think he's got a, an interesting corollary to... Um, Woody Allen, in the mm-hmm. sense that they're both prolific auteurs that often appear in their own work and are very uh, cognizant about making movies about their own social situation, in the sense that Spike Lee makes movies about the black experience in America, right? Where um, Woody, Woody Allen, Allen makes, makes it about the neurotic Jewish white experience <laughs> in America. You uh, compare him to Scorsese, too. And, or Scorsese early, being... early Scorsese. At least or, early, yeah, early Scorsese. Mm. So um, there's a lot to talk about this movie. As, uh, in terms of his filmography, Do the Right Thing, when it came out, was heralded as a masterpiece. It is still viewed as so. It is often viewed as one of the top 100 movies of all time. It's mm. viewed as a... Um, it's in, been in... Um, enlisted into the Library of Congress as a film that is culturally and socially significant. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is a movie that has stood the test of time. So in 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 the effort to expedite this process a little bit, let's just suffice it to say this movie's probably still pretty good. Uh, so probably. I guess... <laughs> We'll I guess, find out, I guess. <laughs> I guess um, I'll start with Sharon because she's our special guest. Ooh. Um, but in this movie, this the story of Mookie, this police, uh, not police, this pizza delivery boy uh, who works for Sal's famous pizzeria in a predominantly black neighborhood in Brooklyn um, and all these other uh, various assorted characters. Why is this movie considered to be one of Spike Lee's best, would you say? And why do you think it was so important when it came out and, and it's still important today. Wow, that's a lot of pressure. I know, right? Um, Don't well, screw it up. Or else you'll, be, you'll be a racist well, if you do. Okay, well, I'm, uh, uh, I will say that I first saw this movie in film school and when I watched it, because it was heralded as one of the best films of all time, I really didn't get it the first time around. And I gotta admit that because I hadn't had that experience. And I was like, is it, is it really that bad or is he exaggerating it? Hmm. And, you know, it... Watching it again, I'm like, wow, he really knew what was going on. And I, what I really liked about it, it wasn't just black and white. He had Koreans in there. He had mm-hmm. Puerto Ricans in there. And, you know, basically, it's really, you know, uh, something today that's happening. Like, this is all coming, right. coming around. So I think he's talking about an experience that will never go away, that mm. will continue on. I think I, it eventually will go away, but it's going to take a while. Take a long I don't while. No, dude. <laughs> so when we're uh, saying it, we're talking race? about we're talking about clash between races and right. Yeah. Well, you're talking about this idea <laughs> of systemic racism in America, and I think that this movie is oddly prescient today, right. just because I mean, think about the whole Black Lives Matter movement, the Eric right. Garner situation. Literally the same thing of somebody well, getting choked out yeah, and well, dying. Yeah. I mean, there's been like five cases, high profile cases in the news this Ferguson. past year right. about. Yeah a young black youth who was killed by police officers and then those police officers facing no ramifications from that and it causing people to speak up and protest. Like the the fact that this movie was made in 1989 and that we are in 2016 and it's like, it's, it's, it's so, 
right. yep. it's such a, a, a like a hot button issue is kind of bonkers to me. Like it's almost um, it's like if you were to watch a movie about like Americans being afraid of communists and like we were still making like movie, that's yeah that, yeah that's right. still being a, afraid of communism. We st- yeah. we were, like we're really afraid of the uh, right. of of the spread of communism in America. Like or it'd be like watching uh, to talk about another uh, famously racist but also very famous movie like Birth of a Nation. It'd be like watching Birth of a Nation, be like yeah. It's a lot like that nowadays right, still right. In, in, in America. So it's very interesting to me well, in that regard. Also, there was no movie like it before it, which is what makes it so important. And, you know, there wasn't... I, do you know any black directors before that time that was really that no. prominent? Not at no, all. No, not at all. And it's unapologetic, right? So there's well, a whole bunch of stereotypes it points out. Like, for example, the conflict of... Well, this is my restaurant. I'll put whatever I want on my wall versus, well, your customers are all black people. You should really, rep- I mean, who's right here? There is right. no right or wrong see, answer to that. What I liked about the movie is I thought it was going to, I thought it would basically just be showing like, okay, Sal as just the villain of the movie. and He's a racist old white guy and the right. police are racist white guy. But I, I felt like it was a pretty fair movie across the board. You're seeing Sal in really good light at some point. You're seeing him in some bad light and vice versa. You see like bugging out is kind of a dick. Right. Like the whole, you know, so there's like a lot of, no one here is innocent. Everyone's got their own issues. And I think it's a very fair, realistic human portrait of the entire right. community. Whereas before, before that, you had like this is a legit, you know, bad guy. This is a legit good guy. And here, it's all in the middle. Yeah, right? yeah. And you're kind of looking at, and like no one kind of comes out of this a winner. Like everyone kind of loses. Everyone, yeah. everyone ends up getting like in some more than others. I think. Right. Um, but I think what I liked about it is that it's it feels like it's a real and it's honest and it's like yeah, this is the situation and like right. no, we're not perfect either. And even like the end credits, I mean, the two quotes, you got one from Martin Luther King saying like, you know, there, violence is not the answer no matter what. Like it cannot be. And then you have Malcolm X saying like, sometimes violence is is right. valid. Which camp are you which, in? Exactly. So I think like oh, it's it's kind of addressing both of those situations. Like when, you know, which one is right kind of. I think he's making the point that you can feel two ways about right. an issue. Right. right. I mean, considering that one of the major like props of the movie is the picture of MLK and um Malcolm X, or more than two ways, I should say, <laughs> more than one well, way. Right, right, right. But it's like these two schools of thought that it's like it's like you know, get along, learn to love each other, and then there's also like let your hate kind of motivate you, or, or less. I don't want to say hate; that's a strong word, but the idea of let, let your frustration and motivation frustrate you into making a change, which is kind of like represented with radio's you know, <laughs> double breast knuckles of love and hate, and how right. he has a little monologue about that that whole thing. Um, right, but um, so this movie is interesting to me for a variety of reasons. One, because um, Sal is, I believe, the most sympathetic character in the movie, mm-hmm. which I think is really a bold choice for um, a movie that's talking about uh, the problem with, uh, you know, racism in America to make that the case. Also, it's a movie that is um, both... Well, the most sympathetic to you, you would say. Because I, 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 I was just thinking like... Uh, well, I mean, my argument for that, and I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit, is Mookie's kind of a dick. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, um, Spike, Spike Lee's character. Did, uh, anyone, yeah, did, did anyone like? It? I feel like that's a major problem. Bugging out's kind of me. a dick. Um, so I mean, it, not that he's a, t- those characters are totally evil either. I, I understand no, right. what they're, they're, right. they're going they're, through, but they're they, they um, like I guess the best way I can portray this <sighs> is Mookie's really bad at his job, and the movie doesn't yeah, try to hide that fact. He's mm-hmm. not good at his job. Like he's constantly like not working when he should be working, and right. um, I think that's. Very interesting to make your essential protagonist of the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think he was the protagonist. I think the movie is about Sal and his two brothers. Yeah, one is one is you know or his sons. Convi- yeah his two sons. I'm sorry. One is convincing him like you know these are you know th- these are savages. These people, yeah, these, these are savages. Guys, and yeah, the yeah. other one is really friendly with Mookie and he's like right. oh he's he's great. He's cool. Yeah, yeah. We're cool. 
Um, I think the main character is the community itself. I was going to say the exact yeah. same thing, yeah. Yeah, because I, I think if you had to, I, I would kind of argue, because we have all of Mookie's screen time, I feel like mm-hmm. he's quote-unquote, probably I would agree that he's maybe the protagonist, but it's not about him, but he's just one guy throughout the whole thing. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, th- I thought he wasn't, I, I didn't think he was a great actor. I thought this character was terrible. And like for, I feel like he's got to be the guy that everyone loves, and if your audience doesn't love him, it kind of fell apart for me. Yeah, in that I way guess I disagree bit. with that. I mean, I, I appreciate this performance more and more the more I see it. I, I mean, I, I just like speed. He's I, so I just like his note. Like it hey, is. What, his face never changes. Yeah, the whole but movie. I think that's just Spike Lee's personality. He's playing him. He's playing himself the way that Woody Allen plays himself in right. these movies. I, I guess. Think. Yeah. Uh, and I guess if you don't like that personality, then you, you know, if you don't connect when with you it, you put him like right next to the bugging out. Who, by the way, yeah. does everyone know who that is? Yes, Juan Carlos we know. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. Is that not amazing? Yeah, really? well, when I watched yes. Breaking Bad, I used to think that's bugging out. That's bugging yeah. out. That's because my familiarity with. So I had seen the. Oh movie. wait, whoa! It's Gus. Gus my head just Gus. exploded. Yes. Like, you didn't know it was Gus Fring. No, I knew. I knew the actors had the same names. I just, it's just, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm at that moment right now at the end of the Usual Suspects, and he's just yeah. putting it all together for yeah. the first time. And, and speaking of which, he was also in the Usual Suspects. Yes, was he was. It? He was the detective <laughs> trying to get the name from the. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what other movies we can name. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice work, um, but he but he's amazing. I think in this, and he's like perfect. I think he nails that role. And I, you, you compare him to Mookie, and Mookie's just like, oh hey, wait, wait. Well, and I even John Carlo jumping all over the place. Like I think even Bill Nunn as Radio Raheem's better than Mookie in the movie. Right. Yeah. Um, so here's what I have to say like about this movie as a whole. Spike Lee is both a very ostentatious filmmaker. Like, this movie is crazy over the top at times. Mm-hmm. But it, is, it, it is shot 45 degrees mm-hmm. all the time. There's but, no, no single shot that is locked It's a movie or, that's got no, both... No, that's not true. No, it's a movie that's got both nuance and subtlety, but at the same time isn't nuanced and subtle. Like, it's really weird, like, to say that, but... All the characters, I feel like, are developed to the point where they are nuanced and subtle and have multiple dimensions. Like, right. Mookie has compassion, but at the same time, he's kind of shitty at his job. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the characters, like, that's a good example of that. But just the way it's shot, it is so in your face. Mm-hmm. And the color... Literally, are, like, the camera right. is in their yeah, face yeah, it's a it's in their the face time. in some shots, yeah. It is, it is a very filmed movie in the sense that Spike Lee has a definitive style and he is swinging... Here's what I like about Spike Lee as a filmmaker. Dude swings for the fences every time. Mm-hmm. He doesn't always hit. Like, he's made some badass, like, really bad movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he goes for it every time. Mm-hmm. And I think this is an example of him stepping up as a slugger, like, knocking it out mm-hmm. of the park. But, you know, other times it hasn't turned out so well for him. Like, have, has anyone seen, like, She Hate Me or, no. like, um, God, he's, um, his more recent one, uh, the... the Chirac? No, I haven't seen that, actually. Oh, okay. I hear that's pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be a return to form. But uh, The Sweet-Blooded Jesus was terrible. I didn't like I that movie. Um, I, I kind of got off the Spike Lee train around Bamboozled. Do you, do you remember Bamboozled? Which a lot of people seem to like, but I, I, w- w- I felt like was him was, was exactly what uh, a lot of his early movies could have ended up being, which was just... Um, Someone, you know, a lot of his films feel like uh, they want to be smarter than they are, I think. And they usually actually are very smart. You know, they, they kind of go beyond his intentions and they turn out to be great movies, especially his early early work. But Bamboozled, I remember being, eh, I, I can tell you, you think you're making a good point, but the, the execution is really, you know, it, it, so Bamboozled is about this. Uh, it's, it's about supposed a, to be, it's blackface, supposed to be, right? Yeah, it's about this um, guy who just up in blackface on, on the air and they put him on the air. He has this TV show and it's. Supposed to be a satire of, of uh, reality television a little bit, I think, if I remember correctly. And it's just so over the top and so obviously uh, uh, an homage to network. And it's just, that didn't work for me. And then ever since then, I mean, I, I haven't really 
watched a lot of Spike Lee movies since then. That was over 10 years ago. Well, I mean, my, 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 one of my favorite Spike Lee movies, which I think is highly underrated is, um, uh, he got game with Denzel Washington. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, and Ray that, Allen. Yeah, that's before. Bamboo and, um, I really like that movie. I think that that's one of his better films because mm-hmm. I think he's, He's not taught, uh, all his movies deal with race, obviously, in a certain way, but I think feel like that movie's really about a father and son and mm-hmm. the very interesting dynamic between them, and I think that movie really works it's actually pretty well. Movie. Are you, what are you doing? I'm adjusting my pants. Can I adjust <laughs> oh, my pants? My. <laughs> I'm disrobing, <laughs> Ivan. I am stripping in the middle well, of the podcast. is anyone a, a basketball fan here? I, uh, well, Ray oh, Allen's no. in. Uh, well, he, he was mm-hmm. one of the best three-point shot guards for the Celtics, so mm. I actually knew him mm. as a Celtic, and then my boyfriend said, you know that's Ray Allen from He Got Game. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's actually pretty damn good in the movie too. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I, I I still can't believe it. That's him. So, um, yeah. So going back to this film, Do the Right Thing. I guess I want to talk a little bit about, like, okay, how are stereotypes portrayed in the film? So, uh, you could argue that every character is a stereotype right. in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But they're not... Um, it's like stereotypes made human. Yeah, like, they have a little more depth to them, but they're still playing... Like, got the three guys sitting on the street. Like, right. Yelling it, at, <laughs> yeah. But I guess my question is, is any of that too broad? Like, the Korean shopkeeper, for instance, is that too broad of a character? No. I mean, I, I think they're making a point. I think he's doing it on purpose, right? We have everyone who's kind of fulfilling a certain role, but also making you appreciate that role or, or that, that position in society or whatever it is. I feel like it's not... I, it didn't bother me. I, I didn't, and I didn't feel like, oh, okay, so here's this guy and he just does this. Okay. It was more of like kind of understanding like, well, there's this sect in society and then there's this group and there's this group. And it's kind of interesting is that like, it's kind of like a, it's like a rock, paper, scissors of hate. Like each group hates a different group, but likes another group, right? So you got like the mayor, Sal likes the mayor, but like other people hate the mayor. And you got like the guys in the street corner hate the Koreans but they keep shopping there. So it's like really interesting that some people like one, like Radio Raheem, everyone seems to like him, but Sal doesn't like him. So it's this really interesting thing that like some people don't like others, but like, you know what I mean? I well, think I th- the characters are drawn broadly because he's trying to make a lot of points about a lot of different stereotypes and a lot of different things. So, you know, in order to really get those points across. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right, right. You so know, he's, he's making up uh, these stations in society, these groups of like the people who are, you know. Who... But they're not completely separated. I mean, when there's, no, a, there's a scene where it's Mookie and the, the brother who likes him. Is it Vino or Pino? Uh, Pino's the bad guy. V- uh, it's hard to. The it, non John Turturro John, guy. John yeah. Turturro. Well, they, they, they're walking, right? They're delivering that, you know, uh, some bread or something to Samuel Jackson and then right. they stop right in front of the radio station and they're talking and they're talking he's like oh you should stand up to your brother blah 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 and right behind the frame it says we love so this is obviously you know we can be in harmony and he's framed it as such to say like right. you know other races can love each other so right. he's constantly going back between harmony and disharmony between the races mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so whenever there's two different races getting along with there's something in the frame that says this is okay Right, getting along. You're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. There's always something in the frame that's t- that gives the thumbs up to like, look, this can work, and then it goes back mm. to some sort of disharmony. That's interesting. I didn't that's even notice that, which is oh, pretty I, crazy. Oh yeah, it says we love, and then the name of the radio station is W E L O V. Right, yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. Dan or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's Love Daddy. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. But the, the, <laughs> that's the truth. Well, Ruth. I think that is the truth, Ruth. <laughs> I think that the Double. the larger issue here is that um, 
people are really complex, right? Yeah. And the way we like people and the reasons we like people or dislike people or get along with certain people is is not black and white. So when someone says someone's racist, it, it seems impossible that that racist person could potentially like someone that is not of their race. But that's not necessarily true. Like it's from it has to do with familiarity. It has to mm. do with how you interact with people and how you you see different kinds of people, which is I think what Spike Lee is trying to get across in the sense that. Yeah, they they kind of they, there is definitely tension between everyone, but at the same time, they all have this understanding of one another. I, I think that Sal legitimately likes having his pizzeria in this yeah, area it's, it's, of Brooklyn. It's obvious. Too. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, he could have closed for the day and called it quits, but he's like, ah, open the door, let them in, mm-hmm. let's get them what they want. Like, and that whole conversation he has with Pino, I think, is a great conversation where Pino is basically saying, like, you know, we should leave. This is we should be with our own people, and he's basically telling them, like, these people, you owe your life to them. Like, they paid for your all the, you know. Yeah, so that, that's a great scene where yeah. uh, Danielle is talking to John Turturro, and it's just one shot, and it's just him saying, I don't want to be here, Dad. I want to, I mean, why can't we open up a pizza shop in our own neighborhood? They both have, you know, it perfectly illustrates the theme yeah. of the movie where it's like they both have valid points. You know, John Turturro, I mean, uh, what, it kind of makes sense to have a pizza shop in your own neighborhood because that's what you're used to. But, you know, Danielle makes good points too, or he says, there's, there's like two, eight, eight, there's like eight pizza, pizza shops. Yeah. You know, why why would we want to open there? We're going to make a lot more money here, and I like it here. I've seen kids grow up, and yeah, and, and uh, see, that's the thing. I feel like I, I've never felt like his was it was a financial reason. Like, oh, well, we can't, we couldn't make it in our own place. I feel like that was one of the reasons. Maybe that's why he he ended up opening a place where he did. But I feel like now he's grown to love that community, and he appreciates the people there. And like you said, he he watched people growing up, but he's he's not like a softy. Like he's 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 got some great. Everyone has great lines in this movie, but. There's moments where he's just a jackass to people, but you get the feeling he's like the crotchety old man that deep down does care about everybody for the most part, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the biggest um, conflict is, are they being a dick because they're a dick, or are they being a dick because that's their race? And I think you're constantly challenged with that. You know, this guy, you know, walking with a boombox, is that because he's just got a guy who likes a boombox, or is, is it because of his race? Well, I you think know? Radio Raheem's an interesting character because mm-hmm. it is really obnoxious to literally, like, be infuse like forcing your music on right. other people like oh, it's yeah. like when you're yeah. on the metro and people are like listening to music uh, but, yeah like, there's no doubt that what that radio raheem is a jerk but, <laughs> you know, but like, when, he, when he comes in with the radio blast but, like, but like the interesting <laughs> thing about radio raheem though is like you totally get that character like he's a mm-hmm. man who's so proud of his mm-hmm. heritage and is so proud of where he comes from he just wants he wants to like he, he loves it so much yes. he wants other people to like love it and appreciate yeah. it too even if he's just forcing it on them he thinks they'll eventually, well he's like yeah. he's like but i'm kind of i feel well in my perspective i feel like he's doing them he's like I'm doing them a favor. This right. is like, this is for them. Like, yeah. you should be, like, it'd be like me being like, this movie is amazing. You need to watch this movie. Like, Everyone in this movie is like a villain and a hero at the same time, right? So he's a hero. He, a villain always thinks that they never, a good villain never thinks they're the villain. And, and, right, and right. Uh, you know, so Radio Raheem doesn't think he's doing anything wrong. He thinks he's helping people. You, you think know? so? Absolutely. I, I think. Yeah. I well, think. By blasting, oh, well, no, no, by blasting his music. No, because if he, if he was like, I'm proud of my culture, why would he play the same public enemy song over power. and over and over <laughs> again. I feel like if he wanted people to appreciate his culture, it'd be a variety of different songs. Well, I think yeah, I agree. And, and I Fight the Power is a very aggressive social song. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's also, there's a scene where he's playing, so there's the I think it was uh, written Puerto for, Ricans. I, I didn't know until this time, but I think it was written for the movie. I, I didn't no, know. No, I don't think so, right? I don't, oh, the, I, the, the, the way Spike Lee was uh, talking, about, I got the Blu-ray for this, and uh, I think that they, he actually commissioned, or, or at least talked well, to Public, public enemy. enemy has always been a social... You know, and I have always, I have always connected the two, fight the power in this. Movie I have together. not. Oh, it was conceived at the crest of film director Spike Lee, who sought a musical theme for his film, "Do the Right Thing." There Boom. You go. Uh, I mean, and I, I, my my story with this movie is that I I remember seeing this shortly after it was released on video. So I, 
and I, I probably saw the movie before I knew who Public Enemy was. Um, so you didn't listen to yeah, a lot of rap when you were. <laughs> no, nah, I wasn't. I did. <laughs> not. <laughs> what, what, what are you? What's with that laugh? No, not, I know you do. I know. For that. me, not until oh, I not, love rap. Not until yeah, yeah. not until a few years years yeah. later. I mean, this is one of those movies where, for me, I mean, I, I think the way you take this movie uh, might depend on what your life experience is like. Because I didn't, you know, I, I grew up in Pittsburgh, and it was, it was pretty multi. It was a pretty multi ethnic community, and I went to a I went to school in a in a magnet school that was kind of. I didn't know what I didn't know at the time, but it was kind of in the projects, and they they built this new school in the projects. So in Pittsburgh, they could they could just uh, they could easily integrate um, schools that way. I guess I, I don't I don't know what the thinking was, but point being that I grew up, you know, with a, with a big mix, with a large, largely you know, almost even hand, almost evenly black and white, you know. So I didn't, um, you know, it didn't seem that unusual. They didn't. Uh, I didn't understand. You know why people were Spit fighting? Out, what, 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 I didn't, <laughs> you didn't understand why someone wouldn't like a black person. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, at least not at the, not at the time. I was I was like, maybe oh, now 14, you understand it. Thirteen. Though. I was like thirteen or fourteen when I saw it. So I mean, the the, uh, the the clash between the races didn't make as much sense to me. I guess you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I was I was brought up hearing a lot about the Holocaust and, and why people hate Jews and stuff. So that, of course, you know, that that, of course. that stuff I understood. Well, we, us Jews <laughs> do that early. Like we yeah. really like to, we yeah, like they, to feel. They bad really kind of pound that into you about like being oppressed. You know, so. Yeah. I Your guess entire I <laughs> history, you've been oppressed. Um, but but so, so real quick, jump back to Radio Raheem of why what he's doing because I, I kind of agree with Sharon here. I don't think he's necessarily like, oh, you're going to love this, check it out, right? Because there's times where like, okay, the Puerto Ricans on their street when they're playing their music, and he's like, nah, you're not gonna you're not gonna go against me. That's a point <laughs> of pride to him too. I feel like that's his power. That's where his pet. When he goes right. in the pizza shop, if Sal was like, hey, turn it off. He would have just been like, "All right, cool. I'll lower it, but you gotta check this out. It's pretty good. It's like totally. It's like that's it's exactly his way what of I like, think. Well, I think that's a better way of phrasing it. I think he has such pride. I guess that he wants right. to. I guess uh, impose he, his pride of what right. he's. It's it's there is definitely a malicious intent to it. Yes, it's it's yeah. me. Um, it, it's um, you other people are so dumb that you do not appreciate this. And what's type, interesting is like uh, feeling early on when he's walking around and people kind of like he's almost seems like he's a victim. Or I, I kind of liked him originally because he seemed like he's kind of like the guy that is a little weird and everyone kind of makes fun of him. But he's gonna be he's got a really deep understanding about something. And as the movie went on, he started getting more and more aggressive. And I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if I like this guy anymore. Like he's I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially that scene in the pizzeria when he shows up and Zell tells him to turn it down. There's like that sta- stare down with each right. other with the, the cameras up his nose, for God's sake. And it's like, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, this whole movie is, is very visually spikely. Like yeah. mm-hmm. the Dolly stuff, the stuff mm-hmm. where people are talking. Like he's. Dutch it, angles. Well, here's the interesting thing. Um, well, why doesn't he use any wide shots? Everything is wide. Yep. Well, not wide shot. It's a wide lens, but not everything is shot. I mean, like, wide. why doesn't he establish? Yeah, there's not a lot of establishing it's shots. It's just all like. The ending is. <laughs> right there you go. Yeah. The ending is a wide uh, shot of the neighborhood. Yeah. And, uh, maybe that's that's on purpose. Yeah, like he, we're yeah, gonna save this shot for, for the for the end. But I'm just I like it's all mo- like in your face. Like well, yeah. I mean that that's the issue. And I think it kind of it creates stuff. the feeling of like claustrophobic, hot right. summer. Like I, I guess yeah. he's trying to Heat. get that idea. He, he that. is the word we really should be talking about with this. This <laughs> well, I mean, with the, apparently when they shot this, it was act like I always thought that. There's no way they actually shot this when it was this hot, but I think they actually shot this in the middle of summer in a pizza shop with the ovens running. It was actually real. You know, they built Did a they? P- they built a pizza shop. It's a built a they, set. Yeah, yeah, and they, yeah. they had okay. pizza ovens on. They had the lights on. It was hot. I mean, I, this, of all the Method movies acting. we've seen on, on this podcast, this is the movie I would least like to have been involved in making. Water, I, Ivan, please pass me the water. <laughs> Damn it, Dave, focus for once. <laughs> hey, Sorry, I should have waited so Ivan was speaking and asked you for the water. Right. Well, I watched this on the coldest day of the year so far, uh-huh. and I 
I ended up taking off my sweatshirt about halfway through because the movie is, it just feels warm. Like oh, yeah. very few movies uh, can they heat as well as this one does. Uh, the characters are always sweating. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the colors that the, they use are... There are no cool tones in the movie. It's yeah. all reds and yellows. It's some garish colors too. Saturated garish, mm-hmm. sometimes clashing colors. There's even the That thing, was the 90s to be fair. But yeah. There is this thing where they, the um, they have like that heat wave thing where there's the heat distortion in mm-hmm. front of the mm-hmm. lens and around the lens. So it is very much a character in the film. Um, which is pretty impressive. The thing about Do the Right Thing that I find pretty interesting is this is Spike Lee's third movie mm-hmm. over a very long career. Um, one thing that's kind of sad about the movie is what do you do when you make your best movie your third time in? And I think this is legitimately Spike Lee's best movie. We were just talking about that with the Wachowski's. <laughs> oh, Wachowski <laughs> brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we were like, after The Matrix, I don't know what happened. It's yeah. just like... Well, I, I, I don't know, but he, he, it's, it's not like he never went on to make another good movie. I mean, he made plenty of... I would say he made three... In my opinion, he's made three masterpieces. Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, and The 25th Hour. And that's not such a bad, you know, in my opinion. And that's not such a bad record. In, in between, he's made a lot of interesting movies, a lot of uh, good movies, like He Got Game, and um, there's this movie called Get on the Bus. He's even made documentaries, uh, like uh, When the Levees Broke, which was the very Katrina good documentary. documentary. The uh, Kobe Bryant documentary? I haven't seen that one. Oh, <laughs> um, I liked it. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's he's embraced, uh, you know, kicks, the Kickstarter style of filmmaking, um, you know, I guess to some success lately. I mean, he, he made a movie called Chirac, came out last year that that uh, has been called a return to form which I haven't seen but um, so you know he's he's kept on you know he's, you know he, he has kept on and I think that I, I guess my um, I guess my issue with Spike Lee is well, first off I think that Spike Lee the person is mm-hmm. kind of a dick like yeah, I'm talking about I like nope I m- many of my friends have worked on his sets he is a dick yeah <laughs> okay. and it's it's and you have to take away him as the artist away from that like um I just don't think he's a nice, like, guy. Like, just the way he treats, like, the way he publicly treats people. Like, um, there was this huge controversy when he was doing the U.S. remake of Old Boy. Oh, yeah. Where there was a a poster designer that submitted poster designs uh, for the film that ended up getting used, and that designer never got paid. So he wrote a public letter to Spike Lee to bring attention to this issue. Now, the cool thing would be, like, Spike Lee would be like, oh, I didn't know about this. We'll definitely take care of it. Instead, Spike Lee's response is like, I don't know who this person is. Screw this guy. Like, 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 he's very, he's outspoken, and he's very unaccountable apologetic about the person he is which I think reflects in his movies that he makes which are outspoken and unapologetic um, so I guess that w- that personality makes him a great filmmaker but usually the best artists are that way yeah but and you, you can still be less of a dick on Twitter right? <laughs> right. but you can still be less of a dick like he it, my favorite thing is him uh, clashing with Quentin Tarantino who is also oh another god yeah that was happening since the early 90s he was always you know up in arms over the n-word and, and, and I think you know um, looking, 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 looking back on that I guess he had a lot of good points to make, but at the same time, Quentin Tarantino was using black actors to actually start right. his I mean, actors. Samuel L. Jackson did a, <laughs> a, a long interview with Howard Stern about that, and Howard Stern's like, what do you think about Quentin Tarantino? It's the N-word. And he's like, look, Quentin Tarantino writes these great, nuanced, complicated black characters, and if he uses the N-word, as long as I keep getting these parts, I'm completely fine with it. And I agree with that. Yeah, and it's, it's really funny to see two guys go at each other who are both geniuses. Like, it's like... Oh, Tarantino. Yeah. Uh, Tarantino's oh, a genius. What? No, don't, don't you even <laughs> add to me. You know, oh, my God. Did Mike just add Tarantino? Yes, <laughs> oh I know. Did and he's he one of my own, by the way. He's an Italian, and you know, he's an Italian. Is he? Yeah, Tarantino. Tarantino. I, I love no, he's Polish. <laughs> I don't love all his films, but I appreciate that. I don't think I love any of his films. But I, 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 I think that 
I okay. think that Tarantino may be one of the most gifted cinematic minds oh, ever. Oh, yes. God. Yes, yes Wait, absolutely. One of, the, one of the, how big is this pool we're talking? I think that, I think you put Tarantino, Scorsese, and Spielberg in the same pot. Yes. Yes. Oh, of course, absolutely. absolutely. And yes. these, these are men who's like, these are people. High five. <laughs> Don't high five. You should be ashamed. <laughs> hey, look, you're, you're okay. obviously wrong because all of us. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, that's not it's, true. It's, that's not true. Majority against, is not always right. Three against See one. See America. <laughs> I guess, I guess the overarching point I'm trying to make is I think there are certain filmmakers, regardless of who they are in public life, who speak cinema, right? These are mm-hmm. the people who are just destined to be movie makers. And Spike Lee, regardless of whether or not he whiffs occasionally, is that kind of guy. Like, he is, he's really good at making points with movies. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's uh, reflected in this film. So I want to move on a little bit into some of the other characters in the movie. And then after that, mm-hmm. I want to discuss the the biggest thing to discuss in the movie, the climax of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's what, talk about John Turturro first off, because he's incredible. Oh, yeah. I think John Turturro's one of those guys who are like, he, wait, he hasn't won an Oscar? I mean, he's, he's fantastic. Oh, and, and by the way, know. if I, we ever make a movie about Ivan's life, John Turturro's going to play him. We discussed this many years ago. <laughs> it's but. really disappointing that I look so much like him. Do because, you? Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone, like, I'm like... Uh, I don't see uh, it. I'm, I'm a Jewier John Turturro. <laughs> Who's the other one? Jewier John I'm a Jewier John Turturro. Who's my Jewie? No, Ivan is a more Jewish version. Um. Chewy, Chewbacca. I'm, I'm, I was like Chewbacca. What? I am a Wookiee version of John Turturro. <laughs> which hairier, to be fair? That is true. Is that John Turturro's first film, like no. feature? No, not no, at all. I don't think so. I okay. think he. I mean, John Turturro has been a character actor. He's for a very long time. Um, he, I think he's great. He just the way he says certain lines is his timing right, and, is fantastic. Right, and you and know he plays look. this you know quote unquote hateful character, but he doesn't go over the top. It's always simmering. It's mm-hmm. always yeah, yeah and you know keeps it pretty real, like, yeah, disturbingly real. Where it never gets to the point where it's cartoony. Where I'm like, oh, there's right. no people like to that. To the point, I'm like. Is John Turturro racist in real life? Like, <laughs> yeah. How does he I, know I, about this? He must well, actually be a racist. Exactly. Apparently right. there were people on the set that actually came up to John Turturro and told him, like, I hate you, I hate you. Like, like black production assistants and stuff, like, saying, I hate you, I hate you, because he was... So he was I don't think he was staying in character. I don't think he was staying in character, but he was just convincing You're doing it so well. Right. They're just like, you're a son of a bitch. Um, so he's a really interesting character. The other, really, I think one of the... I think the most... One of the in, most interesting relationships in the movie is um, mother-sister and uh, the mayor... Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I think it's just, it's a very in a movie that is full of hate. It's the sweetest love story kind of in the, the whole movie, right? The movie they, they're the sweetest characters, right? Yeah. They they kind of have like a, this love hate relationship, but then at the end they come together and it shows compassion and, yeah. and caring for one another. And, and the Demer is an interesting character. Again, this is the dichotomy of every character. He's a drunk who's right. kind of a bum, but he cares about the community. He yeah. saves yep. people. He doesn't want them to. Uh, he doesn't want them to uh, riot and attack the. Um, right. Well, he's the first show. person to say, "Do, Do the, the right, right thing." thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he says literally the title of the movie. He walks yeah. up to the kid. He's like, "Hey, Do, Do the, the right, right thing." thing. Which I is got it. I'm God. <laughs> and then, and then, and the other interesting relationship is um, Mookie and Tina, played by Rosie Perez in her first mm. film. Yeah. Um, his. Baby uh, mama? Baby mama. Yeah, basically. baby mama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yes, you could say that, white guy. <laughs> <laughs> but Wait, the, do white people not say baby mamas? Not, not really. Uh, like, oh, uh, really? I say it. Is, is it not only jokingly? Um, the thing is interesting. <laughs> what do you mean jokingly? Like, it's a legit fact. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. The interesting but thing so is... so is the word motherfucker. I don't... Ah, <laughs> there we go. Uh, There's the explicit tag. There it is. Deep glance. Always, well, always we're talking about do the right thing. They use fuck is in the no! movie like 250 times. I know, I know. The interesting thing about that relationship, again, this kind of shows Mookie's flaws. He's such a... 
he's a, he's a bad father. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. He's a deadbeat dad. And he, I mean, how stereotypical is it of Spike Lee, the director of this film, to write a movie where ostensibly the protagonist is a lazy deadbeat dad? Like, there is mm-hmm. nothing yeah. more offensive and racially stereotypical than that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really bold to do that because at the end of the movie... You could argue, you could argue that, and this is the primary debate that film students have all of the time about this movie, is Spike Lee, by throwing that trash can, is actually enacting the greatest moment of compassion because he's saving Sal and his brother's Uh uh, son's But if you listen to the director's commentary, you'll you'll know that Spike Lee's intention was not, that wasn't his intention. Okay. Which also begs the question, which also begs the question, like once you make a movie and release a movie and it's out in the public, it's no longer yours. Right. So regardless of whether Spike Lee It's how uh, people interpret it. Right. Was intending that, that moment to be in the movie. I think that you could still interpret it. Uh, uh, I always like knowing what the what the filmmakers intend. Yes, what, what, so what did he say? So about that? Well, he in, said, in the director's commentary, I, I don't know what his motivation is for that. It, so is he just so annoyed at Sal all the time that he's just like, oh, or he, is he just so moved about Radio Raheem being dead? So we're talking he, about the end of the movie where where so it, you know it uh, basically Radio Raheem and <laughs> and Bugging Out have they're trying to boycott the pizza shop because, because of the, there's no because brothers of, on the wall because there's no you know it's all Italian Americans on the wall frame on frame pictures on the wall. So, you know, it's hot. They get to the end of the day. The mu- there's a conflict over the loudness of the music. And then they end up trying to kill each other. And the police end up killing Radio Raheem. And because of everyone's upset about that, and, uh, you know, they, have, they see three Italian-Americans standing in front of the pizza shop, they, they, you know, Spike Lee's character grabs a garbage well, can, that, throws so it through the, the window. The mayor comes in. He's basically telling everybody, like, hey, everyone, chill right. out. Like, we need to stay together. We gotta, he's trying to there's dissuade a moment, everybody. Yeah. And then there's, like, a kind of this moment where, like, where it's about to break. And that's right. when, what's his name? Right. Yeah. Mookie, Mookie, Spike Lee's character, it. goes over in, like, this great shot, grabs the garbage can, throws it through the window, and just kind of walks away. It's like he can feel the tension, and that's the only thing that's going to break the tension. And uh, it does. It like it. it, it it's like every, it's cathartic. Every, everybody goes nuts, and they burn down the pizza shop, and it's it's looting. It's it, this is before the L.A. riots, but it, you know you watch. You can't watch this movie. And what and does not that tell that, you? That was before the L.A. riots. Uh, like he was able. Well, it tells you that there were riots before, and there was riots after. Right. And, you know, it, it, tells it tells you that it's been around. In any society, and, there's going to be yeah. you know right. where there's simmering tensions. There's going to be uh, you know they're going to need. There's going to be need to be some sort of release. So you could interpret that garbage can moment as, you know, Spike Lee's uh, character trying to keep people from killing, you know, Danny Aiello. Or you could see it like, okay, so he's pissed and uh, he just saw his friend killed and he's going to, he's going to, he's, he's upset. What what did Spike Lee say? Well, he said on the commentary that he was upset about his friend being killed. So he threw a garbage can through the window. (laughs) He said, let me clear up one thing once and for all. And this is in the 20th, so this is the Blu-ray, it was the 20th anniversary uh, director's commentary. So I guess, you know, people have been tossing different theories back and forth as to what had happened. But what I think he's forgetting, he, and he doesn't say this on the commentary, is that just because that's what he thinks doesn't mean that it's not open for interpretation. Yeah, because it's, it's not, not like... he like, created the movie at all. Right, it's not, it's not it. like the next day, Spike Lee, Mookie walks up to him and says, look, guy, I tossed that garbage can through your window because these police... They killed my friend. Or friend. Well, they, he like, never actually explicitly says it in the movie, just because you know that's what the. Oh no, he kind of does. I think doesn't he say something? He doesn't explicitly say it, I but it's implied it, where he tells him like, you know, I lost everything I built, and he's like, dude, my friend died. No, I don't think he does. Say he that. doesn't Some, say that. No. Even in that scene, someone says something about. No, I don't I, think so. Okay, no, well, here's, he, never, here's, he never does. Here's, you're here, wrong. Here's, sorry, sorry. No, here's what I find so interesting: is the end of the movie. Spike Lee chooses to have a sequence between Mookie and Sal after all this has happened. And that sequence, even though it starts as a heated argument, ends with them with a mutual understanding and respect, Mm -hmm. which is like, 
if if uh, I guess if Mookie's intentions were entirely malicious, I don't think you could do that in that sequence. Yeah. Like it, it is it is totally um I it, it is I guess showing again the, dich- the whole movie is about dichotomy, right? The mm-hmm. whole movie is about seeing both sides of things, mm-hmm. and I think this that- is like a better version of Crash. It's a much better. Oh movie. yeah! I feel like oh, I, so yeah. I was watching my comments so crash. much of Crash, <laughs> or um, you can say Crash is a terrible version of Do the Right Thing. Right, yes. that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm watching my God. It reminds me a lot of Crash. And you know, all those actors who are in that movie, they're like, yeah, social tensions, and like, mm-hmm. do you even know what you're doing? Like, this is a terrible movie. Yeah. I bought that movie because it won Best Picture. I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I have to be honest. I, I don't actually. I don't actually think Crash is a terrible movie. I it think is. it's. I think it's a, not a good movie, but it's. I think it's a fun movie to. Rip on in retrospect because it won Best Picture. It's almost like yes. it is. If, if, if that That's movie, why everybody... Yes. Yeah. If that movie doesn't win Best Picture, no one gives a crap. Like, right. it's like yeah, it's it, fine, whatever. It just fades into the ether. It's mm. just... The thing... The Academy Awards are really weird, right? Because they're, they're these these very isolated Racist. awards... Well, they're... <laughs> they're these... There's this... There's this very small group of people that make an arbitrary decision about what so-and-so the best actor is and movie is. And we... we some Like... For some reason, that is held up beyond any other awards. Like, no other awards are given this. I don't even think Emmys are held into the same esteem as the Academy Awards are. Like, I we, think the Academy Awards are going downhill. I think people are thinking, I think people have been saying that for years, though. Yeah. I mean, and, and they seem to stay just as relevant as they always have. I don't think so. I mean, the, I, mean I think, don't think so. I think they're I a fun talking I, point. Yes, they're fun talking I guess talking you're points, talking to a guy right. who reads movie blogs like throughout the day every day. So, right. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, they, well, I mean, obviously, the for, for me, they're relevant. I mean, there's obviously a huge controversy about the diversity of the academy and what they're kind of like this year. Yeah. The, what, what, like, What's the controversy? I'm curious. Well, no, there were I no mean, black uh, actors. N- or no, I, I know what I, I think what the controversy now, but. is, but I'm curious what you guys think the controversy oh. is. Well, I mean, I think it's really interesting that the academy. Well, obviously, the big issue this year is that there were several movies uh, that featured uh, um, directors and writers and actors of color that were not nominated. Right. And they could have easily been nominated. And the, the large reason they probably were not nominated is that the majority of the Academy has features a lot of old white men right. who vote for movies that they have seen. And mm-hmm. the odd choice is that they probably have not seen movies like Beasts of No Nation or they're just not going to hold. Or, but that or, was speaking of which, that did, was have you guys seen that movie, by yeah, the way? Yeah, it's very it's, good. That right. was Best Picture and Best Amazing. Actress, right? What? I think was Beast of the... Beast of the Ocean got no... Oh, I'm, think, I'm, oh, I'm thinking of... Um... You're thinking uh, the one with Qu- uh, Quinzali. Yes. yes. Oh that it also has Beast in the... Beast in the Wild. Beast in the Wild. Wild. Cool. Oh Janae Wallace. Totally yeah. fair. Wow, to get I'm mixed up with the Beast. really correctly. I yeah. can't spell it for the life of me. But Beast in the, the, the Wild, yeah. No, I, it's... Okay, so... Quinzali Wallace, I think. The reason the Academies are kind of... The Academy Awards are kind of crap in the hindsight is... Samuel L. Jackson has never won an Academy Award. Like, right. just let that sit for a little bit. Think about how he's ca- been in every single movie. He's ever, not only he's been not in every won. single movie; he is he great yeah. in every movie he's ever been in. Right. Like, yeah. even yeah. even in bad movies, Samuel L. Jackson is amazing in them. Right. Right. So how like how does Samuel L. Jackson not get nominated for the hate, the hate well, play? Right. So or how does like that kind of thing? Or no, how does Idris Elba then not get nominated for Beast of No Nation? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, you have to look. There's five slots. And he's great. Go look. Right. Sure. And then the, you look at the five slots, and I mean, it's controversial, but I don't think all those actors really deserve to be there. <laughs> well, I mean, and the, and the Academy is really stereotypical in the sense that they love really showy performances. Like they love the fact that Christian Bale had a Bert. fake eye, had a fake eye in in, in in um in uh, yeah. what's that movie? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the Big Short, or they love like. 
Leonardo DiCaprio has given great performances his entire career, but the movie that's going to give him the Oscar is the one where he's literally spitting like yeah. snot at the camera. Like right. that's the one that the Academy likes the best. <laughs> yeah, like he, he's you not got Birdman. That way, like yeah. Well, well, they like Birdman because Birdman's about being an actor. So what do actors like voting for? <laughs> oh, more I love than... Birdman. I thought Michael Keaton should have won that, and not. Eddie Redmayne, because I saw all the performances. I mean, but the truth yeah. is that the majority of movies that come out are 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 not minority based. I mean, the, the you know the movies that are popular. So, do you think I'm, I'm being serious here? Do you think it's because minorities don't want to make movies? No, oh, not no, not at all. Okay. That's, not that's at the all. system that we live in. Right. I mean, so my favorite movie of 2015 was Creed. And I think yes, that I saw that on Twitter, dude. You're I, like, give them all the awards. I'm like, damn, I, I, I'm gonna I, watch this because Ivan gave it the thumbs up. I but, watched it because of you, by the way. And it's amazing. It is, and, it is a very good movie. And the thing about Creed is the fact that someone like Ryan Coogler doesn't get a Best Director nomination drives me up the wall because that movie could have should have been terrible. Mm-hmm. Creed should be a terrible movie. And the right. only reason it is amazing is because Ryan Coogler uh, has a has a deep personal stake in that story and manages to take a character about a black protagonist and provide a certain amount of insight that, I, I mean, right. I can't I can't direct Creed the way Ryan Coogler directs Creed. Well, and what does it uh, say that Sylvester Stallone gets nominated but not Michael B. Jordan, where yeah, they're well, going toe-to-toe mm, with yeah. each other? I playing think, so, playing, playing uh, John Turturro's character here, um, in my opinion would be that, that Sylvester Stallone's getting a, a career recognition. Oh, yeah, Even totally. though he's had a mostly crappy career, he's getting recognition right. for and a character. Right, and that's why the Academy Awards... And genuinely I, I know you read Movie Block, but I read yeah. a lot of trade magazines, so... Uh-huh. Uh, I mean that just because that that's why the Academy Awards aren't legit because they are rewarding for previous work. Yeah. They are not rewarding through sometimes. The, well, sometimes it, sometimes they are. It's why, this, Scor- it's why Scorsese wins for the wrong movie. That's it's right. Why it, it's, Everyone wins. Prim- right. Learn DiCaprio is going to get it for the wrong movie too. Yeah. But it's it's you know it's okay because someone else might get it for the right movie. You know, or, or Denzel like Washington, Pulp, like like uh, Tarantino wins best screenplay for Pulp Fiction. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm sorry, Mike, but there's no arguing. With with that, you know, sometimes the that right the right person it gets it for the right movie. That's true, and when it is, it feels like a great win. But and when Free, when time. Fury Road wins Best Picture this year, then we'll say like the right movie won in the right year. Well, when it when will, when not, Denzel yeah, wins like, for Training Day, when he should right, have won for Malcolm, Malcolm X, X right, like yeah. that's yes. a, that's a very or Al Pacino like, wins for that year for Sin of a Woman instead of like Godfather Part Two. Or Russell Crowe wins for Gladiator and he instead really of would, the Insider. Yes, exactly. Right. Yes. So I, that's just that's just how like. It is well. Also, it's impossible to obju- to judge objectively what movie is better than something else. Like it, the very notion of awards is kind of dumb to begin with. Because That's right. You're, you're you're like you're like yes. How is is it better that Idris Elba played an amazing like uh, a warlord in a African touring country? Is that better than his performance in like something? Like how do you how do you make that decision? You're comparing things that aren't meant to be compared next to one another. Yeah, and I don't so, know. I guess the point is if you're going to have awards, I mean, they should be. You should be. Uh, mindful of you know all different all, all different kinds of things but I, I don't think people are, are there's no malicious intent here you know no one's sitting there thinking no we're not going to nominate Michael B. Jordan because no he's black no they're because they're nominated five other guys you know it's, it's probably also that they just don't care enough to actually make it a priority so it just becomes like, that's, like yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's part of it too yeah. Yeah. or they don't see the movies they, they, they literally they do not see the movies right. that are being like if I'm a 75 year old man in the academy I'm like well, I saw that, you know, that really great period piece that Steven Spielberg directed, and that's the movie that gets nominated for Best Picture. Um, and I, I think mean, that is... That's such crap, because if that's your job, you better make sure you see all the freaking movies. Yeah. How looking looking at the list right. of Best Picture nominees, they are pretty white, I gotta say. They are very white. <laughs> yeah. The whitest. They're exceptionally white. <laughs> they are exceptionally right. white this uh, year. Which, which is, it is very, uh, you know, in this 
current climate, it, it is a it is a giant middle finger to like everyone, which is why this has made such big news, right? right. Like, right. and it, I think it's important for this podcast because Spike Lee is one. Of the, I was like, I was gonna say Spike Jones. Spike Lee, you know, is boycotting the awards as well as yeah, which is um, kind of silly because he except because he got an Academy Award this year for like a career achievement. So, right. which is it's about it's a little bit silly. Look, well, look. and Jada Pinkett Smith, I think, is doing it because Will Smith didn't get it for concussion, which I haven't seen. Uh, which yeah. is actually you know. supposed to be a terrible movie. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm yeah. just looking at Spike Lee's filmography. Well, you know, Michael B. Jordan tells his agent specifically to only cast him in white parts because he wants to be able oh, I to. I didn't know that, but I mean, yeah. he, he it would be he would be perfectly. I mean, that would have made sense him being nominated for Best Actor this yeah. year because he was great in, yeah. in the movie. Oh, he killed right. it. That and that's so good. and that's like, why I'm like, I want to watch it again right yeah. now. It's but so and, you know, but do the right thing. Should have been nominated for Best Picture in 1989. It was beaten by uh, the Driving Miss Daisy, which is like the Ooh. like very the silliest, the silliest. Uh, <laughs> you know, like well, 20, it's, 25, it's, 20 some it, years it later. It is. It is. It, the, you know, it's it's very funny that that happens because nothing could probably piss Spike Lee off more than the movie that features the Uncle Tom Black character. I know. I know. Like, which is which is like, it, I, I bet when he's I, like. He probably got really drunk the day that happened because it is <laughs> it very a nightmare. Yeah, it, like it's like he's like you know we're, we're going to choose the character that I'm I've been working my entire right. my, well for the past three movies I've been attempting to supersede that and stereotype. you could and you could tell and so in his early career he really I think when he directed Malcolm X I'm sure he really expected that to be like a best picture best. A director kind of movie, and I'm not, I don't remember if it was nominated for. I think that's it might have problem been... though. You do not make if you love movies, mm -hmm. you do not make it to win an Oscar. You do it because you love yeah. movies. I agree. Right. I agree. Uh, I mean, you don't do it then, for the recognition. Yeah, but they call the... it prestige picks <laughs> yeah. when they're like, "We want it to win an yeah. Oscar." Oh, we're gonna make yeah. it prestige. Well, that's pick. that's like I have big issues with. Like that's the uh, the entire basis of like why Eddie Redmayne chooses roles. Like he's yeah. like he's like, "Can I look? How can I um, deform my body?" In a way that I, I will I win the category. Do you think he, do you think he deserved it for last year? I mean, we're talking about not an inherently no, a, a, a profession not. where it's an it, it, at its very core is like, look at me, you know. Like, just, you know uh, what I mean? This is the most look at me profession right, there right. is, you my, know. They're like, <laughs> so I mean, it, it, watch uh, me for um, two hours. Awards for this kind of of art makes you know kind of well, kind of makes sense. I, I, you know, I, I'm going to argue against that because people who are true actors. Like they shield themselves away from press because they don't want people to know what the real personality is like, so it doesn't taint what they're I mean, acting. You're, in. you're saying true actor, but I mean, with it's you know, there's a lot of true actors in in this movie, and and uh, you know, I don't think Dana Yellow was too uh, upset about being nominated for best supporting actor for Do the Right Thing. Oh no, well, I think he deserved it. So and, yeah. Well, I um, yeah, I think I, there are some actors that are very good at at, at handling the press, and um, you know. And you get some and finding right. a balance of, of letting, you know... But like, to the, say that all actors are like, look at me, I don't think that's... No, oh, I kind of agree, with, I agree with Dave, though, though, yeah. because like... And it's okay. I mean, I'm yeah. not saying it's, a, it's not necessarily it a bad thing. It can be a bad thing. Don't but you have right. to be a little bit narcissistic to want to be an actor? Well, you no, have to be, no, right? I don't think so. Yeah. Think about Johnny Depp, who never watches any of his movies and is like totally weird and doesn't like talking to people. Right. So I, don't, I think it's just one of those things... I think Johnny Depp loves himself. I think you would not wear that many accessories out every day if you did not... Of your, have stage fright, and that's up. why they do movies. That's right? true. That's yeah. true. Wait, but wait, why is an actor wait. choosing to be an actor? Because they want, you know, they, they, you know, I think a typical answer is like, you know, this is my art. This is how I express myself. But at the same time, 
It's, you know, like, I, 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 I think it's a blank. There's something in your personality I, where you need to get lost in, you need to pretend right, to be other people. Right, but that people. doesn't necessarily mean look at me. That might be, like, be look at opposite. everyone but me. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I, I, I agree with you. I think there's... Ooh, 50-50. There's I mean, more 50, nuance. 50. I'm, I'm, on, yeah. I'm on Dave's camp here. Yeah. No, I think, I think like, that's all right. It's cool. <laughs> They're white. They don't understand. I know. Italians. <laughs> yeah. Italian power. Artists. I will say, I will say nothing bothers me more when I see a movie where the actor is... You can tell the movie was made just so the actor can like show that he's acting, yeah. which is why I hate movies like uh, the, the the theory of everything. Like I I I, I can't like a movie like I don't think that's why they made that movie. Oh, that's I totally why. made that's why that is why Eddie Ray. Made I'm not that saying movie. it's a great movie. I'm just saying that uh, I I think they were genuinely trying to you know honor Stephen Hawking with that movie, but at the same time, yeah, they're they're also saying uh, look what I can do. You know, it is, look it at is me, look total, at me. It is yeah. t- smell my farts. It is that. Yeah. It is that, man. Uh, right. Anyway. There's so a lot we were, of smelly farts in this movie. Right? We were, yeah, let's I'm sure. Back. This is a very smelly movie. I mean, you right. can smell this movie just watching it, right? Well, you know what? Um, it's, it's hot. It's, Everyone's sweaty. Yeah. I, um, well, it is, that is true, but at the same time, I really wanted a slice of Sal's pizza. Uh, yeah. It was okay. It didn't look, didn't look all right to it me. It didn't look all right either. It uh, kind of like It didn't make it look that attractive. It wasn't like, there's this movie called, but an Italian Italian, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Good night. Uh, Good night. A, a, big, oh, big, a big, big night. Right. Big night. With, 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 um, with Tony, uh, Tony, Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub and, and Stanley uh, Tucci. Tucci. And, it's a, and it takes place. Uh, that it's movie not a pizzeria. Will make you so hungry. It's not a pizzeria. It's, it's, Italian it's, it's an Italian restaurant. But that's a movie that's really good at making the food look like you really want to eat. Right? I recently saw that movie. Um, I re- rewatched that movie recently, and I have never been so hungry for Italian food in my entire right. life. You just want that meal. Yeah, so much. Do the right thing. The feeling you come out of that movie is... Um, I don't want to eat. No, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not that really yeah. eating, it's not really eating movie. <laughs> an eating movie. Yeah, I wouldn't call Do the Right even Thing. Even though it takes place, even movie. though most of it takes place in a pizza Well, shop. I could list like top five movies that make me hungry, and this is not one of them. That being said... Um, well, ironically, my last podcast was food movies. Um, and guess what number one was? Big night. Big night. <laughs> yeah, it is a pretty good. That's a pretty good uh, choice sense. there. Um, there's a ton. Of, you could put uh, "Eat, Drink, Man, Woman" in there. Was that on your list? No, but we meant we gave it a shout out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, eat, pray, love. Uh, no. That was on my worst list. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I was like, there was not enough eating in here. Anyway, continue. I just have a love for. Um, New York and New Jersey pizza is the best pizza in the world, and, and there is really no like. I'll high five and for that. I know that sounds stereotypical, but That's pizza true. does not taste nearly as good anywhere else. Sorry, Chicago. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, I, I like Chicago. I yeah, I, I think deep dish pizza is really good. It's just I, I it's not when I when I crave pizza, it's not the kind of pizza I crave. Pittsburgh has a lot of uh, good pizza shops. So just no, throw no, that in there. You just think it does? No, I, I mean Pittsburgh is basically a little New York, so it, it does have its share. It's not, I'm it's sure it like, does. It's New it does. York's little brother. I'm in the Chicago camp. I'm in the Chicago. Well, camp. I, anyway. I guess my larger point is that you can like randomly go to any pizza place in New York and New Jersey. There's probably a chance it's gonna be pretty good. You can't do that like anywhere else in the country. I feel like. Maybe, anyway. maybe Philly. Anyway. anyway so anyway, closing out this episode, we've been t- we've been <laughs> wow, digressing. Wait, for, we didn't even go through all the characters. We didn't even talk about the movie. Would <laughs> you want to? Would you want to talk about Sweet Dick Willie? Or, uh... <laughs> no, those three guys are awesome. I love uh, yes. them and how they all give each other crap and like one guy says something, the other two will get on his case. Mm-hmm. One other dude says something, the other two get on his case. Um, this movie's really it. You know, it could have ended up as a really terrible movie. I guess I say that about almost every movie. But, I mean, this movie really could have gone off the rails and become a terrible movie. But it's, somehow it's a movie that's just such – it's full of life. It's – like you said, it's a, it's a filmmaker swinging for the fences and really hitting it out of the park. If we're going to use the baseball analogy. I mean, he is wearing a baseball shirt in the movie, so I guess that makes sense. Brooklyn Do- yeah, and, Dodgers, right? And, yeah. and uh, uh, Orange and Blue, I think, is Mets. No, it's Dodgers, isn't it? I don't know. I didn't look at it. 
you know, Wait, it's what Dodgers. It's definitely a lightning striking kind of movie. I mean, it's it's you know, it it kind of just it hits at the right time. It hits with the right people. I mean, you look at this cast and you th- and you think if, if you, there was uh, on the Blu-ray there was this feature where where they had like a just a shot with VHS like a table read and and you're, they're just going around the room and all, with all these actors. I'm like, there's Samuel Jackson talking about being in some play and he's trying to he's just he's just some like poor actor and there's Giancarlo Esposito who you know becomes this like well-known character actor there's uh, Bill Nunn who I've seen in you know Radio, Radio Rahim and in Sister Act you know, what huh uh, <laughs> Bill Nunn. what he plays the police chief in the Sister Act they're just kinda... oh my god you're right <laughs> they're just they're I was just... like I know where this guy's from I don't I, and I, could, I could not pinpoint where it is and you're absolutely right he's the one who's saving what about, John, John Turturro I mean they're just going around the room and there's like all these like Transformers it, it, arguably one of his well, best films I mean yeah I mean, he, oh he's like god. in every Corn Brothers movie <laughs> I'm kidding and, yeah, I, you know, but, and I'm like oh my god these guys these guys were like uh, you know nobody knew who they were at the time and you know and, you know, and they all end up in this movie at the right time can and we then, talk about the performance of the guy who owns the brownstone Oh, uh, John great. Savage. It's great. I liked him. I liked, I liked him too, actually. John yeah. Savage, yeah. I love that character because, like, he's done nothing wrong. Like, <laughs> he's like yeah. a random bro. He, he's like, wearing the Larry Bird Martin Celtic Lawrence? shirt. Martin Lawrence. Oh, he's, he's accosted by Martin Lawrence, right? No, yeah, Martin Lawrence. Played, no, he's, like, he's also accosted by fucking Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, right, right, right. But, like, he's but like, he's like, he's like what are you doing in my neighborhood? He's like, I own this house. I own this thing, yeah. <laughs> this is my neighborhood. I lived here my whole life. Yeah, I grew up here. And he's like, And he makes a comment about gentrification. So, yeah, so it's really interesting. It's interesting that... Wait, wait, he does or they do? Uh, they do. They like, do. Right. Fucking gentrification. I'm like, is gentrification, how, is that bad or... Like, I don't know if it's bad or good. Oh, well, it depends on your point of view. Yeah, Everyone, that's right. Some people are like, oh, it's great. It makes, it, makes right. The, right. it makes the area nice and wonderful. Everyone's like, oh, it drives out all the black people. Yeah. Um, there's actually an amazing skit, a Saturday Night Live sketch, where like all of like these gangsters end up becoming like white, where they start going to yoga and <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Or they start walking dogs. It's no, like did you see funny. this SNL sketch where they do like, oh, these are the nominations for Best Actor, and it's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did see that, yeah, and it's all the, like the white people, like yeah. white guy in the back holding yeah. a wrench or whatever. Yeah. And it's yeah. like an Idris Elba wannabe. He's like, "We will go on to battle," and the guy's like, "Whoops, wrong meeting," and he like leaves, and he like got nominated for it. It was really funny. Um, well, who? Are, what other characters would you like to discuss, Mike? Because I think we got all the main people out of the way. Uh, uh, do you? Um, one why th- is Rosie Perez dancing in the beginning? Is, oh, that, is that some sort of meaning? It's, it's I'm artsy. Missing? It's just artsy. It shows the struggle. No, it's a very th- okay. So Spike Lee is a very theatrical director, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the overture of the movie. Oh, yeah, it is. It's one of my favorite openings to any movie ever. It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Really, it is I like mean, this. It is. It is intense. It is in your face. It is a. It is. It is the movie like the energy. She's a really of the movie. good dancer right. too. Like um, the one thing she is, was a choreographer. She was a fly girl. Yeah, or she was the choreographer for the fly girls what? Uh, was she also a fly girl Jennifer Lopez she, was the fly girl and I think she was the choreographer I yes you're right and they did not get along well I think again <laughs> Spike Lee coming back to Spike Lee being a dick as a person it is famously on record that Rosie Perez like refused to do nudity didn't want to do nudity in this movie and the reason the shot of her naked in the film is like only like you don't see her face is someone else no it's her but she's crying as mm. as they're shooting it because oh. she's so against it happening oh. and he, like he couldn't actually frame the thing with her in it so he again spike kind of a dick yeah. <laughs> well because when i was watching the reason i bring it up is i was watching it I'm like there's something about this that's trying to tell me i'm not quite sure if i'm getting it about the dance sequence? Yeah, the dance sequence. I think sequence. it is simply, well, I mean, maybe Dave can correct me because he's smarter than I am, but I think it's strictly this idea of engrossing you into the energy and power of the movie in an overture-like way. It's like going no, to the I, theater. It's like, yeah, interpretive yeah. dance. It's like the, the str- power struggle of 
power and fight and that kind of stuff. But yeah. she's basically boxing. She's like kind of has like the boxer outfit and in, in certain. Well, she spots. goes between boxing and then dancing. Dancing, and then right? So it's just yeah, dancing, the idea yeah. of like you know. I, I think there's a lot the of struggle. I think at the same time, one thing that's happening in this movie we haven't talked about is is, is he's <clears throat> Spike Lee's a big film fan. He's he's not one of those guys who started making movies uh, because he had something to say about life and really didn't you know he. He was a guy who really liked movies. Like he was a big fan of, of Scorsese, and, and if you if you read interviews with him at the time, he was he was a big fan. He went to film school. I mean, he, he wasn't like a guy who just he went to my film school. You know, what, he, what? you know, he, oh, Tish. So yeah. he was a bit, uh-huh. so he's making shout references out, to out. lots of other movies, and and uh-huh. watching this this now, I think there's probably a lot of references to movies like West Side Story. You know, oh, and yeah, for sure. the, the love hate thing is a reference to Night of the Hunter, which is this uh, Charles Lawton movie with uh, Robert Mitchum, which where, he, where, the, where the main villain is this priest who has love and hate tattooed on on his. By the way, when Dave said that, when he said Robert Mitchum, he raised his right his hand fist. as if that's the name of whose right hand is. Robert well, you know, Mitchum. and I first saw that, I'm like, Cove and hate what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure. By the way, how can you afford solid gold, gigantic? Maybe they're not brass gold. knuckles. I don't know. I don't know. But he's maybe they're brass. The brass. The brass. <laughs> right. Well, when he does like those like abrupt, you know, somewhat abrupt cuts to like Could them, t- you know, t- talking straight to camera, or mm-hmm. like that whole scene where they're doing, uh, you know, all the racial epithets. Uh, oh yeah, all the racial epithets. And oh, then, that's yeah. right. And then, like, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, it goes back to the monologue. story, and then uh, you know they'll do the love and hate, like yeah. you know, anecdote, and then back to the story, and I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's doing he's doing the kind of thing that someone like George Lucas did with Star Wars, where they're taking a lot of influences and kind of blending them together into one kind of movie or Quentin Tarantino with Pulp Fiction. So, I, you know, I think he's pulling from a lot of sources. And I think this opening of the movie is just him maybe saying, you know, oh, I like musicals. This is my chance to, like, you know, I might not get to direct, direct movie after this, so I'm going to have a musical sequence in it. Oh, well, he already directed Oh, the you're right, you're right. Um, uh, um, was school, it School Days? School Days was a musical. So it, I guess it's possible that he was just like, look, I really enjoyed that, and uh, I don't know. Let's ask Spike Lee. We'll have him on the next podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you, you think that Spike Lee would get on a podcast with three white guys? Yes. There is nothing oh, he no. would definitely not do. It. Yeah. I am, uh, what is it, two degrees away from Spike Lee, I will say. Cause two, my, I'm on here. Call him up Oh, right no, no. Now. No, um, the, my advisor was Spike Lee's editor. Oh, Oh, Shout out to Sam Pollock. And, and, and Spike Lee is—he's uh, also a professor at Tisch. Like he goes back and teaches courses there, so he, he's still very involved in the film community. So we've been going on for over an hour, so we need to stop. Talking. Okay. Okay. But <laughs> any final thoughts on Do the Right Thing? Um, I guess my question, my final roundtable question for everyone is: Did Mookie do the right thing? I don't think at any point in the movie Mookie does the right thing. <laughs> I, I no, was very disappointed. No, he doesn't do the right thing. No, he does not. Okay, no. Sharon, does he do the right thing? <laughs> Oh, here we go. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I I don't think I can answer that. Um, uh, well, be- court- I mean, uh, here's here's my answer. To, here's my actual answer to that. There there is no right thing to do in that situation. That's that's the, that's right. No, the right that, thing that, to do is. That's why I'm like uh, the non-white guy here. Uh, you kind of need the. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of times you need to do something violent in order to get anyone's attention because if you're really nice about it, you know. But did it, does it accomplish Just because it, did that particular thing accomplish anything? Like it, it seems like everyone goes back to doing exactly what they were doing before. There's no change in the community. Saying do the right thing is very, it, you know, it's, it's simplifying the situation in a way that I don't think can be simplified. Well, to play devil's advocate to what you just said, Mike, the final line of the movie is a love daddy, Samuel Jackson, saying mm. be sure to register to vote. Uh, in elections, um, <laughs> which is it, the idea that, that this 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 charge issue would be enough to inspire someone to get out and 
change things. Well, yes, so but but I, that I feel has like got to be intentional, right? <clears throat> right. I think he it changes him. I think he's and that's the aware. truth. Ruth. But the thing is, when you, the next morning there's people playing basketball on the street, like right next to this burnt out Husker restaurant, and no one seems to be affected. It's not like you have people standing around looking at it. Like I don't know. For me, it just seemed very like. Eh, and we're going back to the way things are. I think that's Nothing the way life changed. is, though. Life goes on. Like, right, that's what I'm saying. I think the point is that, like, yep, life goes on. Whatever. No, well, Sal and Mookie, the two main characters, are inherently changed. That's true. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, a movie is about either people changing and then, or people changing know. and then not, yeah. Are they? I think they are. Yeah. Well, definitely. I mean, Danny Aiello doesn't have a place to work anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm saying internally. Internally, <laughs> they have that. Yeah. And, and, and internally, he's never going to forget the experience, and, and the neighborhood's never going to forget that That relationship will never be the same. Oh, I know, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. So, But the, but the point I'm making, is it changed for the better or worse, is what I'm saying. Oh, I, I don't I don't. Think... I didn't say change for the better or the worse. I said oh. they were inherently Oh, yeah, changed, I'll agree with you there. Right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. They're not, right. But everything else around, I'm saying the community itself, it doesn't seem like, you know, a pizza place that everyone loves is gone, and it's just like, eh, whatever. People outside playing basketball, like whatever. Like, look at that last wide shot again. Like, it's pretty much just. It didn't seem to me that like there was anything. I think the last wide shot is like this happens every day, mm-hmm. right? In a different right. community it may, mm-hmm. it may look exactly like this. Exactly, and that exactly. means we're inherently changed. And we're all a yeah, lot. Whoa. And we're all whoa. a lot hungrier I, I think too because the there's the no the pizza left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was that was pretty profound. Like, I don't think we can edit it in a better way. So, well done, Sharon. Um, so, closing the out. Lesson we can learn is just put a little extra. If you want a pizza shop, just put a little extra cheese on the pizza, and don't you can avoid this kind of situation. Or just put a brother on the wall. <laughs> well, I mean, it is it is. It is very very again a very ostentatious moment, but symbolic that there is a brother on the wall. He's the guy fighting the Italian guy, which oh. I think is fantastic. <laughs> like, there's nothing I like there's, that. there's not a better image in the movie. Oh. It's, it's ro- they, there's a, they, they during the riot they cut to Rocky Mar- the Rocky Marciano, the Italian mm. boxer fighting a black uh, black mm. boxer. Can I ask one last question? I'm sorry. What? Do you think he should have put a black person on the wall at the end? No. See, this is uh-uh. I. Especially not after someone told him to do it. Yeah, I mean, not. I mean, I see both sides. Of, I happening. see both sides of that argument. Not the way it was happening. I don't think that. I don't think that Sal is required to do that. Like yeah. he, that is not his. Should... That is not his responsibility. Especially because you go to. But at the same time, if it's a community establishment, doesn't he want to respect? That's him probably the same really? argument as the academy. Yeah, so. but the I think I, I, I don't know, for me I feel like it's just kind of like this is this is his cultural place. Is he bringing his culture to this place? Like this is what I'm. I'm about pizza and Italian people, and that's <laughs> it. Like I, I don't. I don't see that he's. Required to do it, especially when someone tells you you should put a black guy on the wall. I say, okay, well, I guess I'll do it now. Like, I don't know. I, I felt like at that point, like maybe I shouldn't have asked this question. I'm sorry. No, no, no I just I don't know. I think because I, I was thinking the same thing, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I, man, it's I not like he has like, a picture of D.W. Griffith on the wall or something. You know, like, I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he's pretty selective with the guys. It's Nathan he puts Bedford on the wall. Forrest. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's an interesting argument because I think both are technically right. Mm-hmm. Like right. there is because no, you know what that is pretty much the premise of the movie. Do right. right thing, yeah, and it is, it is, it is, yeah. It, it, it I mean, it's a movie meant to engender discussion, and we're you know, when this is here we are, twenty seven years later, still talking about it. it. Yes, talking about it, and probably the longest episode we've ever done this podcast. So yeah. there you go, um, back to back. So Mike, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Mike at Mike Morandi on Twitter at MikeMorandi on the internet in your browser. And, she, and then, are you still uh, going here? Are we done? I don't know. I guess. Uh, Sharon, fine. where can people find you on the internet, and how can people listen to your podcast? Oh, okay. So I'm. Um, if you look for Sharon Mayo on iTunes, it's called Five and Five. It's all pop culture ranking five best, five worst in many different categories. And on YouTube, I have a web series called Tech Girl. Just type in Sharon Mayo. Mayo like the condiment. <laughs> all right. 
Dave. Me, Dave Glanz. Oh, Interrupt, Dave. Go for <laughs> it. G L A N Z. Dave Glanz. G L A N Z on Twitter. Dave. Dave Glanz Productions I always spell my name because no, well, he no just updated his. No de- to... He just updated his demo reel. That's uh, fantastic. It's oh, pretty thanks. good. Pretty good. Thanks. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Such a dick. All right. So, uh, and you can find me at Ivan Kander on Twitter. That's K N D E R. My website is luckynightstudios.com, and I write and edit and um, curate for a website called shortoftheweek.com. So you can find all my writing there. You missed it. I let it go. All right. This is long enough. <laughs> enough shenanigans. Uh, next episode, Mike, what movie are we talking about? Uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. We're doing it. Oh. Okay. okay. Wait, hold on. Oh, no. I was going to say To Kill Markenberg, but I think you guys did that already. No, we didn't. We have not. one yet. That has a strong female to character. A... Just I don't know if I can do two racially, racially charged oh, movies. Oh, that's true. Back. Good we point. Need to, Good we need to take a break. Yeah. Uh, we'll... we'll, 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 we'll Kind of like ease it out with like a little talking plant. The next movie is uh, Boys in the Hood, and then uh, we're going to follow it up. <laughs> Carnivore American plant. History X. Uh, Baby Boy, and we're going to follow it up with the entire John Singleton filmography. So uh, be Memoirs great. of a Geisha. <laughs> that movie's really <laughs> bad, by the way. Um, so anyway, uh, so you can find us on the web at reviewpodcast.com, facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, and you can email us with your movie suggestions at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. Be sure to leave us an iTunes review and subscribe. Uh, until next time, we will be discussing uh, Little Shop of Horrors, and that's the truth, Ruth. The double truth, Ruth. It's the, the triple truth, Ruth. That's the double truth, Ruth. <laughs> Sean Bean was okay, and he did not die. Sean Bean was in it. Yeah, he played like a alert for every other Sean Bean movie. Oh, but you should know that about Sean Bean. If you see him, you're like, oh, he didn't die in um, the Mars movie either. No, he did not. He's got, he's the new phase of his career. God Wouldn't bless. it have been kind of funny though in The Martian if they like cut him just playing golf and he just has a heart attack like, <laughs> at the end of the movie? Orphan orc. It's like the last scene in the movie. It's like I had 30 seconds to go. He gets shot with a giant arrow. <laughs> <laughs> For no reason. Three arrows just. <laughs> I think that should have been in the director's cut. <laughs>